Welcome to Unleash Your Retirement with David Corin from RVA Wealth Management. Our podcast is all about providing anyone considering retirement with the confidence they need to pursue their dreams in this new phase of life. We cover a wide range of topics, from retirement planning to investing with purpose, all while making you laugh and keeping things lighthearted. With David's years of experience and guest industry leaders to help guide us, you'll walk away feeling informed, empowered, and ready to take on your future with confidence. So sit back, relax, and get ready to join us on this journey to a new life. Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Retirement with your host, David Corin. I'm Wendy McConnell. Now, David, today we're going to be talking about something that is probably one of the most asked questions when it comes to retirement. Sure. What is that most asked question? Will my money last? So tell me, will my money last? Well, that depends. (laughs) As always. Um, As always, it depends. You know, how many years in retirement going without income, can you make it? You know, will it, will it work? Uh, And that is one of the best, one of the big questions I get, you know, people come in and say, well, you know, my, uh, my mom lived to be a hundred, but my dad died when he was 78. What should I expect? And, you know, that is a very common concern that people have because, you know, when you think about uh, you're saving, you're saving, you're saving, you have this date in mind of when you're going to retire. So you have a target. So you know how long, so let's say, you know, you're 50 and, oh, I know I'm going to retire when I'm 65. So I have 15 years and, you know, so you have a target, how much money do I need to set aside, you know, blah, 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 but you're not pulling money out. And then once you do retire, how long do you need to plan to be taking money out? Is it five years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years? I mean, it varies from person to person and and more and more people are living a very long time in retirement, right? Exactly. You think about it. Um, So a lot of times in the past when I've I've taught a lot of classes and I always ask the class this question, well, actually two questions. I say, uh, first of all, and I think I asked this in the last one, how many people know someone that retired and then passed away within a year of retirement? Everybody raises their hand. And then I'll conversely, I'll switch around and say, now, how many of you know someone who's in their 90s now? And a lot of people. Ra- so you do have this wide variation of what to expect in terms of how long you're going to uh, need to have money set aside in retirement. And the fact is, is that many people now are retiring earlier than they had planned which is a very interesting statistics when you think about it. And then a lot of people are living much longer in retirement than they thought they would. And a lot of that has to do with healthcare. It has to do with people do a better job of taking care of themselves, but we have been seeing, you know, people live longer and longer. And we've seen that, that date get pushed out and pushed out. So people are having to plan for say a quarter of their life or more, even a third of their life in retirement. Uh, And that's a very long time to be thinking about it. So, you know, a lot of people think that they're going to retire, uh, you know, work until they're in their seventies. A lot of people think that, uh, and they plan on that. 
Uh, but the fact is, is that very, very few people end up working past age 70. I mean, it can happen and it does happen. But of, for those who plan to do that, so like uh, some statistics were that a lot of people think, you know, like 20, they did a survey, 29% of people said that they would be over age 70 before they retired. But when they go back and then actually look at the same people and say, well, how many of you actually did retire, you know, work into your 70s? Only about 7%. So what's the uh, disparity from? Well, it's because a lot of times people just change their mind. Uh, there are health concerns. In many cases, people have health problems. Uh, they have elderly, they have parents that they have to retire for to take care of. Uh, they get laid off. I mean, let's face it, uh, you know, there's been a lot of layoffs throughout history. And we all know when we go into a recession, what often happens is that companies will lay off people, but who do they lay off? Who do they offer the packages to? Oh, yes. The, the people closest to retirement. Well, people closest to retirement, those 55 and over. So a lot of people, and I've seen this happen many times, uh, get their careers plans sh cut short simply because the company laid them off. And, and in many cases, they offer them a package that's just like, well, okay, well, you're going to pay me for two years to retire now? You know, sure. <laughs> right. But so, then you're not thinking about the accumulation phase anymore, correct, right? Correct. Yeah. You don't think through that, all of that. So uh, the bottom line is, too, the, the, another thing that happens is that people don't realize this, is that as you, the longer you live, the longer your life expectancy becomes. So when, once you've made it to age 65, now all of a sudden your life expectancy has gone up three, four, five years. This is true of both women and men. So, so if you have made it to 65 and you're ready to retire, well, gosh, now you really do need to plan for at least 20 years minimum in retirement because you made it to 65. <laughs> right. So, it really, that's, that's like a minimum. And we try to really encourage people to plan for 30 years plus. Uh, and, you know, I have clients that are in their nineties now, and I'll never forget. We have a little, uh, when we're dealing with married couples in our planning tools, we have this projected date in there for when the person is going to retire. I mean, to pass away the first, the first spouse dies because you want to see what's the impact of the first death. And we usually put in there age 90 for the men and age 95 for the women. For single people, we usually plan to age 95. But at any rate, we do that. So I had a fellow where he's in, sitting in, the, we're sitting there and he's looking at that line. He says, uh, so what's that line right there on the chart? I said, well, that's, you know, that's a hypothetical thing that the system automatically puts that in there. That's when we expect you to pass away. And he looked at me and he said, well, you know, I think I'm going to live more than three years because <laughs> he was already 87. Oh, my goodness. So that particular client, by the way, is now 94, 95. Great. It, and still going strong. And his dad lived to be 105. My so that's just an example of and it's great because he has two pensions and it's really the longer he lives, the better the plan looks. So that's worked out really well. 
So now, if you are going to live a long time, well, then you really do need to think about inflation, right? So what is inflation? I always ask people that. What do you think inflation is? What's a good definition? You want me to give it? Sure. Um, it's the amount that goods and services increase over a period of time. That's a good definition. And I always like to say that a lot of times it, it, the most simple definition is things are just going to cost more in the future than they do today. <laughs> okay. Right. That's I even mean, simpler. I mean, cause they are, I mean, that's the bottom line. I don't know if you've ever gotten one of those uh, uh, birthday cards or for someone and it, and it, you, you get it, go and buy it at the counter and it says, okay, if you were born in this year, uh, this is what stuff costs then. And you look at that and you know, oh, oh, gas was 25 cents and a, uh, you know, a gallon of milk was, uh, was 30 cents. You know, <laughs> you start yeah, it's and what's different. You know, the average price of a new car was $3,000 and, you know, the, those types of things you look at and just the, the dramatic change, it really does put it in perspective. Things are going to cost more in the future than they do today. And when you're talking 20 or 30 years, that's a big impact. In fact, you know, um, when you, if you just assume a 3% inflation rate and what is inflation right now, it's running over five mm -hmm. and it was 9% at one point last year. So we had this really, peak in inflation. So we know that inflation can go very high. Back in the 70s and 80s, we saw inflation peak up in double digits, you know, up 12, 13, 14%. So it can happen. All right. And we had all, we printed all this money and M2 supply went up and wow, we've got inflation right now. Now it's coming down because the Fed has been tightening. But still, we have inflation running right now, you know, in that five, four, five percent range, which is very high. And if you think about just a three percent inflation rate over a 20 year period, one dollar today, you're going to need a dollar 81. So almost twice as much money to buy the same stuff. OK, now, if you jump up at a five percent inflation rate, $2.65 is needed in 20 years to buy the same stuff. So now think about that. That is a big impact to your numbers and to, to your ability to buy the same things and maintain standard of living. So when we start the planning process, we're looking at people and saying, hey, you know, what's your current spending level? All right. And now we're going to plan on that going up on average 3% per year. And then we plan, will you have enough? So we have to assume that the return on the money is going to be there, et cetera, to take care of that future situation. Because today's dollars, you know, $5,000 today, 20 years, you're going to need $9,000 to match the 5,000. So basically double what you have, yes, right? Basically double. If you go out 30 years, you're going to need $12,000 to mm -hmm. buy the same stuff that 5,000 would have bought today. Okay. So that's a tremendous increase. Or you could look at it conversely and say, well, what about what? Are, so today I have $5,000. What will that buy me in 20 years? You know, how much stuff can I get? Well, it's only worth $2,700. So again, 
almost in cut in half. Yeah. And in 30 years, $2,000. So $5,000 today is only worth 2000 in the future. So you're talking big impacts and you have to plan for this stuff because if you don't plan for it, Hey, you know, you will potentially run out of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like that inflation and as always taxes are the biggest concern when it comes to my retirement money. And, you know, and it's so funny because many people think that I'm in retirement. Why do I need, I, I'm not working anymore. Why do I need to worry about taxes? You know, Hey, I thought social security, I, you know, that, that was my tax dollars that created social security, right? No, you know, I, I paid in, you know, for this and I should be getting that. I shouldn't have to pay tax on it again. Right. Didn't I pay tax on it already? And that's a lot of people think. Yes, that is and, straight, David. And now the truth is, is that your social security, depending on your income, is likely to be taxed as much as 85% of it in retirement. And a lot of people don't realize that. The other thing is, is that if you were frugal and you saved money and you took the advice of putting that money into a 401k or a 403b or a 457 or an IRA or SEP IRA, whatever the vehicle where you got to take that tax deduction to put the money in, well, that money's grown, tax deferred all, the, all of your life, right? Which is smart, right? And you didn't, and you got a tax deduction when you put the money in there. So has that money ever been taxed? Uh-uh. No, well, guess what? The IRS says that if you don't take that money out, we will force you to take it out. Mm. There's a thing called the required minimum distribution that kicks in. And when that money comes out, it's fully taxable, just like ordinary income. And they want their share, the government. And they want their share. So they say, all right, you got to take that money out and we're going to take our, but then that adds to your income. So in what, what many people discover is, is that, you know, they may have, before they started taking the RMD, they, they didn't pay much tax on their social security. But once the RMD kicks in, all of a sudden now they find that all of their social security becomes taxable. And that is a big wake up for a lot of people. Because Taxes play a big role when it comes to retirement planning. Because not only is this required minimum distribution taxed because it's never been taxed before, but it is counted as income. Correct. Yeah. And, and you don't have a choice. You must yeah. take even. And that's what a lot of people look and they well, wait a minute, I don't really need that money. Doesn't matter. You still got to take it out, you know, because they may have enough coming in from other sources uh, or they may have set aside investment income that's in a uh, taxable account, so to speak, uh, that's not tax deferred, where they can take money via um, you know, tax favored uh, investment vehicles like municipal bonds where they don't have to pay tax. Uh, and so they were doing just fine and not having to pay much tax on their social security until the RMD kicked in. And they really don't need the money, but then they don't have a choice. They have to take that money out. Now, it, it really does, when you think about it, have an even bigger impact when you couple inflation with taxes, 
because the combination of those two things can have a really massive impact when they work together on uh, a person's ability to make their money last in retirement. So you have to consider taxes, you have to consider inflation and the long period of time that you might be working in retirement. Um, so <laughs> there's a lot that you need to consider. Most people, a lot of people uh, are, when they did surveys, they think, oh, I'm fine. You know, 73% of workers were either uh, very or somewhat confident that they would have enough money to live comfortably throughout retirement. This is a survey done a few years back. And, uh, but none of those workers had really done anything to determine whether or not they really could. Uh, so there's this, this process that needs to be gone through. You have to consider this impact, this double impact of inflation, how long you're going to be living in retirement, and taxes when it comes to planning for your retirement. You know, close to, to half of workers say that debt uh, has negatively impacted their ability to save for retirement as well. So that's another thing to consider the debt impact too. You know, are you going to continue to have to service debt in retirement, like pay a mortgage, et cetera? Mm -hmm. So those are other things that people have to consider when thinking through this, this process. So the combination of inflation and taxes have to be considered very carefully uh, when you are planning for retirement. You must plan for many years in retirement. Now, if you have a health issue already and you know that's going to be a, a concern, maybe you could plan for a shorter period of time, which means you may want to you know, front end load as much as possible your spending in retirement so that you get to enjoy your money for the years that you have remaining to. Uh, but for most people, they reach retirement age and feel fine and have no health issues. And they know that their parents lived well into their 80s or 90s even, or longer in some cases. And they have to plan for 20 or 30 years in retirement. That's a very long period of time to go without income right? So you need to be very careful in this process of determining what inflation is going to do to you and what taxes are going to do to you as you consider your retirement years. So at the very least, once I qualify for Medicare, that's free, right? <laughs> yeah, that's another, that's another, have you ever heard of Irma? <laughs> we love to joke about Irma in here. Irma is, I, I'm going to have to, I, for some reason, I'm not drawing the acronym right off the top of my head, but basically Irma represents an acronym that stands for what you have to pay for Medicare Part B. And if you are making too much money in retirement, then your Medicare Part B premiums can go up. And we are not talking small numbers here. We could be looking at, and let's think about this, a married couple, you could be paying an additional, oh, three, four, five hundred $500 a month for your Medicare Part B premiums for both of you if you make too much money going into retirement. So there's a pretty severe additional cost 
And we always try to make sure that people are cognizant of that so that they don't take too much income out and understand when they start taking the required minimum distributions, is that going to cause you to also have to pay higher costs for your Medicare Part B premiums or IRMA, as we call it. And the other bad thing about IRMA is that they look back two years. So a lot of people come up, oh, I'm retired now. My income's dropped way off, so I'm great. And the, But they look back two years ago when you were working, and that's the number they want to use to apply to your, your Medicare Part B premiums. Okay. Well, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be high. That's, I, the people are like, now, the good news is that there is a process that you can go through with uh, the Social Security Department to alleviate that. You can go in and file this paperwork. You can file to say, hey, not working. That income is not in, you know, indicative of what I'm going to actually make this year. So please allow me to pay the regular standard cost for my Medicare Part B premiums, which is about $190 a month. So that's great. You can do that. Um, and a lot of times you get away with that, but you better not mess up and actually have too much income that year that you tell them that you're not going to have the income because they will come back and they will penalize you pretty heavily. So you have to be aware of that and be very careful with that process to make sure you get it right. So what are the things that we need to take into account? What is most important when we're trying to determine the amount of money we're going to need throughout retirement? Absolutely. The most important thing is going to be uh, what your lifestyle is going to be like. Remember last in the last segment, uh, the last episode, uh, we talked about knowing what your retirement is going to look like. How are you going to be spending your time? Now, if you're just going to be spending time in the garden, reading a book, spending time with grandchildren who live close by, you know, your expenses are probably going to be relatively low. Okay. Especially if your house is already paid for as well, you're not going to be needing as much from an expense standpoint. On the other hand, if you have grandchildren spread all over the country, uh, you want to take trips around the world and do things like that in retirement. And let's say you have a big house currently and you have a vacation home to maintain and you have all these expenses that are not going to go away in retirement, then your need is going to be much higher. So it really is expense driven. And you have to look at that and you have to weigh that against what is the guaranteed income streams that I have going into retirement, social security, pension, things of that nature that you might already have. Uh, how much money do I have in the different buckets? We, I like to think about flexibility in retirement. So understanding where you have taxable money, tax deferred money, and tax free money, tax free being Roth, you know, what have you got in those different buckets? Cause that gives you a lot of more flexibility, control taxes and not having to pay too much for Irma when you reach retirement age, you know, when you are retired. So making sure you've got all those buckets covered, understanding more importantly than anything, your expenses. And the, the fact is, is that a lot of people do not have a good handle on their spending, unfortunately. And that there's reasons for that, but a lot of people don't. So the very first step, and one of the things that 
when I'm uh, when I'm working with clients is we really want them to get a handle on their spending. Uh, it is not always that easy. And one of the things I recommend a lot of people, I'm not really sure. I said, well, look, just take, you know, take your bank statement for the past year, especially if you pay your credit cards out of there and just get a handle on what you're spending every month through your bank statement, because it should be catching, capturing everything. So one year, look back one year, what is the average amount that's going out of your checking account uh, every, you know, on an annualized basis. And that's usually a good number that we, we lock into, you know, it could for, for a single person, it may be only 30 or 40,000 a year for a married couple. It could be uh, 50 to 80,000, depending again on what they do. But I have, you know, you know, if clients that have been, you know, have made a lot of money during retirement, had higher incomes, you know, they do have multiple homes, maybe in separate States for vacation place here and, uh, place in the mountains, you know, in a home that they have to maintain. They've got, and they're wanting to, they, they do more for their kids a lot of times because kids are used to a certain lifestyle. And so the parents tend to want to help them out quite a bit. All of those things combined can mean uh, a pretty heavy expense load. Now, hopefully, you know, you've done a good job of preparing because you knew you had higher expenses. You know, you knew that they were up there. But a lot of people haven't. So that is the first step is getting a good handle on your expense load. Then we need to just for the the purposes of today's episode, we're talking about planning. You've got a plan for how long you may be in retirement, correct? Correct. And I think that's really, you know, everybody's understands inflation. And one of the things a lot of people I've actually asked the question, well, what do you what do you want to make sure happens? You know, I just want to make sure I'm not eating cat food in retirement. Right. I've heard that one, uh, you know, because there's been stories like that of people having to eat that kind of stuff because they ran out of money. Uh, and so that is really what a lot of people are doing. You know, they're making sure, you know, will I have enough? And the key really is understanding your expense load and your spending. Then you take a look at guaranteed income streams and then you look at what do I need to be pulling out to cover the gap that's left. So I've got guaranteed income of, of say 50,000. I'm spending 80,000. That's a $30,000 gap. Do I have enough in my investments to cover that every year? Okay. And that's really where you want to end up is understanding that number and getting a handle on it. Um, And I think in the next episode, I was really going to talk, to a large extent about how to go through that process and give you some numbers that you get a handle on uh, exactly what that looks like for you individually. Uh, and we could also talk a little bit about some of the other roadblocks like debt, et cetera, that people run into. All right. That sounds good. This. Looking forward to that. So how do people get in touch with you if they'd like to know more about it, David? Um, Obviously, the best way is just to go to our website, rvawealthmanagement.com, uh, and click on, you know, contact us and get an appointment set up, get, you know, an initial uh, consultation with me uh, or somebody on the staff here. You know, we can spend a little bit of time getting to know you and, and finding out if, if we can be of, of help to the individual. Uh, it doesn't take long, maybe even only 15, 20 minute talk. 
Uh, but schedule it, get on the calendar. That's the best way to get things, get the ball rolling. Thank you for joining us today. Please like, share, and follow this podcast and share it with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Unleash Your Retirement podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.rvawealthmanagement.com or give us a call at 804-497-2100. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RVA Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal tax or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of RVA Wealth Management. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RVA Wealth Management or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, RVA Wealth Management and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.